Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bigly Blast. Of all the critical words I have written and spoken about Cliff Kingsbury over the past two and a half seasons, Kyler Murray summed it up in four words. Calm the bleep down. Calm the bleep down. And guess what? It worked. The Cardinals won on Thursday night football, and everybody in Arizona has magically calmed the bleep down. But let's back up a minute. Thursday's must-win performance against the Saints relieved a lot of pressure and stress in the Valley. It ended an awful home losing streak, and it lit a fire of vibe inside State Farm Stadium, and it also proved two things. Number one, DeAndre Hopkins is one hell of a security blanket for Kyler Murray. And number two, there's really not a lot of love lost between this head coach and this quarterback. Relationally, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. If Murray's status grows in the locker room for being passionate, for being invested, for being so alpha in the heat of battle, is it a sign of leadership and growth or is it a sign of petulance and disrespect? And as Max Starks just told us, I think the smartest play for Kingsbury right here and now is to voluntarily hand off play calling duty to Spencer Whipple during the upcoming extended break. Do it now in the throes of victory when the gesture will seem more like a solution and not desperation because November is coming and things are about to get really hot in the NFL and it might be the perfect time to get a new voice in Murray's ear and to get Kingsbury out of the crosshairs. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury affordable with two great locations. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. It, it's, it's better. I just, when you look at the tape, there's just easy stuff that we got to be able to execute. The routine plays, like I said, just keep showing up, not being able to hit things and end up in second and 10, third and 10. And we can't do that uh, consistently and, and expect to, to win at a high level. But to answer and, and stay in the game early and not get down 14, 17 points like we've been, that, that was better. Yeah, that was Cliff Kingsbury after the the game last night. Interesting thoughts uh, there, and uh, when you look at what the Cardinals were able to do, three offensive touchdown drives. The score on the on the board was bolstered by two defensive touchdowns, which by the way, um, I, I did the search on it. Teams that get two or more pick sixes in a game are now 124 and 5. Or 125 and 4 since the AFL merger. Right? Yeah. Okay. So you're saying the Cardinals should just rely on that moving forward. Sixes, I mean, that's yeah. the key. Don't worry about your right. offense. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, 326 yards of offense, 3 of 10 on third down. It wasn't a great offensive performance compared to what we've seen at times this year. It was much better. Um, so to bounce back to the thought of your blast, interesting thought. Yeah. That most people, when when it was brought up last week and it was presented to Cliff Kingsbury, he said, yeah, if it takes that to, to win games, to improve our chances of winning, I will do that. I would seed... Uh, play calling duties. Again, we don't know if this would have, if last night would have been ugly, would that be Cliff Kingsbury in this long week saying, you know what? It's not working. Here's, here, here's the headset. Here's the play sheet, Spencer Whipple. Have fun. Or if it's Steve Kime, Michael Bidwell, somebody else saying, Cliff, this is not working. We're taking away your play calling. Or would it be Vance Joseph being named the head coach of the football team today? 
would that have happened if there would have been a bad loss last night? There was um, from from what I could gather and and some people that I spoke with that nobody quite knew what might happen if we had another bad loss last night. That's that's how things were kind of spinning. So so to me, I think you take the victory and you compliment them for it. You you compliment the fact that they brought some real urgency and some real desperation to the field. I think the fans recognize that they really vibed on that twenty five point second quarter when when there was some. Suddenly, a flurry of good things happen. It was reminiscent of the magic that used to be in that building. So, so you take it and you run with it. And now, what are you going to do with it? These games coming up are going to get very heated and very emotional because the Cardinals are still in it. You've got the Vikings coming up. The Patriots are coming to town. The 49ers a couple of times. The Seahawks are coming back here. If there are cracks in this relationship between the head coach and the quarterback, and it sure looks like there are strains and fissures and that kind of stuff, right? Schism, as Adam Schefter once famously said. We've seen it all year long on the field. You know, I'm hearing internally that there's some stuff going on. I I can't confirm that. I wouldn't be surprised by that. This would be a great time to voluntarily do that. To because keep in mind now, as you and I and we've all discussed, you, you can tell the national media now is kind of banging that drum. That they've kind of pointed out some of the follies of Cliff's offense, of Cliff's play calling, some of the stuff that just doesn't make sense, some of the stuff that isn't very coherent, and and a lot of the stuff that that really has resulted in in an offense that is and a team that has just smothered this head coach and quarterback with assets and an offense that until yesterday really couldn't get off the tarmac. This is a great time to do that, in my opinion. I don't think it'll happen. I don't think, but so it's either. a great time to do it. Yeah, I, I'm fascinated by. This this too and 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 it's been referenced a couple times on today's show is this national perspective of before last night and again last night does not fix every offensive problem there were strides made as kyler murray said but before last night there seemed to be this separation of a faction of people who think this is on kyler a faction of of people that think this is on cliff Mm -hmm. um there's people and i see them on twitter every week that are more defensive of Cliff Kingsbury based on what they view in in what Kyler Murray sees and doesn't see yeah. down, down the field. Yeah. And that remains that I, remains an issue. This. I'm going to tell you this. Uh, <laughs> there was a time when I was very critical of Ken Wisenhunt, and he got very sensitive about that. And he invited me in to show me game film, to show me all the open receivers his quarterback was missing. I got news for you. Every quarterback in the NFL yaks on that stuff. Every quarterback in sure. the NFL misses open receivers. It's kind of, to me, it's it's really a cheap ploy to try to spin a narrative if if you kind of like harp on that kind of stuff there's it's it's very hard to see a football field and again none of us have ever played quarterback on any kind of level and you level. have split seconds you got do- split seconds to read all this stuff and figure this stuff and people are coming to try to take your head off you're going to miss stuff the only time it is an issue though is if you're missing it the same way always well it, if it, it's because you're only looking at one direction that's true but here's the difference the guys that the guys that get past that are the ones who who get get so smart and get so much experience that everything comes clear to them before they take the football. The pre-snap read, they know. Kyler isn't there. I know my second option will be open because of the way the the defense defense is aligned. And I've got this, and I'm going to play with this safety with my eyes, and I'm going to keep them locked on that side, and I'm coming over here, and boom. Yes, but also vision, awareness, those are tied together. On a couple of occasions last night, Kyler Murray stood back there, had time to throw, 
surveyed. To me, and, and there was a couple of what they call covered sacks. Mm-hmm. To me, when you have a quarterback like Kyler Murray, a covered sack should never happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was that one where he lost four he, yards, yeah, where he, he just needs, like run around, listen, ran around, ran around, throw it away. Yes, there's, there's, there's still very basic stuff he's got to do, like get rid of the football, right? There's, yeah, there's, it seems pretty basic. There's, right? There's, there's stupid mistakes he continues to make, and his growth has been very uh, staggered and weird, and, and all that kind of stuff. And and I get there's a there's a there's a faction of this fan base that's got no love for Kyler Murray. Maybe that's changed after last night, but but there's you're right about this. There does seem to be a divide between who people think is most at blame here. I, I, to me, I don't think that even matters anymore because one guy has got a gigantic contract. The other guy has a contract that doesn't count against the salary cap. We know who wins this. Ultimately, history tells you, you know, franchise young franchise quarterback who's got the bag versus struggling head coach who, who's getting fired. Yeah, let's be honest. These two guys have been tied together since... Basically, January of 2019, when Kingsbury got the job and all that mm-hmm. speculation about Murray started, yeah. they're not going to finish their careers together. No. This is not going no. to happen. And, and, and again, I think, well, because, and I think it's, it's very fair to say that Cliff Kingsbury's record right now in the NFL is very similar to what it was in college, which, yeah. which means to tell you that his level of performance is pretty much what it's always been. So either way, I think this would be an ideal time. If I were the owner of this football team, I would I would look into this because, like you said, I don't know if everything is still all good between these two. I, Cliff Kingsbury is a very reasonable man, and, and he's not the type I don't think to he, – he, he, he doesn't wear his ego like a lot of head coaches do. If you were a quarterback and you rolled up on B.A. like that, you rolled up on Belichick like that, you rolled up on Mike Tomlin like that, it, there would be reverberations. This could very easily just go by the wayside, but it's been happening a lot. And and we're not even into November yet. And now the Cardinals, by last night's victory, they've got games that are going to matter in succession, mm-hmm. coming at them fast. Just a thought. Yeah. Text your thoughts to the uh, FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. It is an interesting thought, too. Also interesting, Cardinals did get some help on the offensive side of the ball last night. DeAndre Hopkins was back, and he made his presence felt. We'll get into that and more straight ahead on this football Friday. It's Bickley Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I think you guys seen that tonight, 40 points. Obviously, defense scored 14 of those points, but still, we were moving the ball. I'm not sure what the stat was before with us scoring in the first half, but I think we scored in the first half today. If I'm, not, I'm not sure how many touchdowns on offense, but obviously, sky's the limit. You got Rondell Moore. You got Greg Dortch, who's a baller. Uh, Robbie. Uh, Zach Ertz. I think Scott's limit for this offense. Offensive line feels the energy when those guys are out there as well. When, when guys like myself are making plays, it picks up everything. That is DeAndre Hopkins, who was back on the field for the first time and had a big effect on the offense. Had more, uh, as many catches as every other Cardinal. Had two more yards than every other Cardinal. And was yeah. a big focal point. Right. They moved him around the field, which I think is a plus. Sky's the limit for this offense. You hear this all the time. There was progress made last night. So, I think we can piggyback here and, and, and talk about Hopkins, what it meant last night, what it means going forward for the Cardinals, and kind of held up against the subject of your blast in the last segment. 
you know, with Hopkins coming back and finally getting a taste of having your number one receiver, and we mm-hmm. all recognize how important it is, for right or wrong, how important he is to this offense, would that be a step back for Cliff Kingsbury now with DeAndre Hopkins at his disposal to give up those play calling duties. Yeah, like I said, it, it's it's something that I do do not think is going to happen or something that would even interest him, especially in the wake of a victory, but I think that's why I think it's the perfect time to do it. I, I think DeAndre Hopkins, it, uh, it still amazes me how open he gets on a football field. And again, the Saints last night had a uh, precariously thin quarterback room. They did not have a lot of quality stuff to cover a guy of his talent. Yes. And but but just the way that DeAndre Hopkins scripted all of this, you had the pregame hype video that he sent out in the morning. Now, you've got to be real confident to do something like that, right? Only stars do something like that. Yeah. He was the last person introduced with the Cardinals offense, which I thought was quite an honor given to him, given the fact that he handicapped the team at that six-game PED suspension. But at the same time, this is a guy that clearly takes this offense to another place. And it's to give Kyler Murray a security blanket that in the passing game, I got a place I can go every single time and it's going to probably work out for me. I, you can see the difference this makes. It's it, it, it's. It's almost like, how do you script an offense struggling so mightily, and then boom, DeAndre Hopkins comes back for the first time in forever, and you're scoring over 40 points. It's unbelievable. Um, Hopkins was asked, too, and you mentioned that the the physical condition of the Saints' secondary, lots of injuries there. They lost another player during the game, but he drew a lot of single coverage. He was asked if that surprised him. No. New Orleans is a great defense. Those guys get paid to, to play in the NFL. They should be able to guard anybody. And, uh, you know, some of those guys did a good job tonight. So, obviously, I'm not surprised. Um, I think I drew a lot of penalties, too, on those single coverages. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And listen, you know, going, in, going into the game, this is a guy that had not put, stepped on a football field in forever. And they asked him, hey, man, you're you going to be nervous about this? And not as nervous as those guys are going to be. And you're like, oh, there was so swag. I mean, less nervous is I. (laughs) There was a quote (laughs) from I think it was Kaylee Hartung who was doing Mm -hmm. uh, sidelines for Amazon last night. Had a quote from from DeAndre Hopkins walking into the stadium. These people came here to see greatness, and I'm going to give it to them. I love hearing that. That is just so phenomenal. And I think I I really do honestly believe that what he brings to the field, when you couple with what Kyler Murray can do. Now, these are two guys that really strike fear in a defensive coordinator. You take DeAndre Hopkins off the field, it, Kyler Murray doesn't strike that much fear in people anymore. Well, but, but, that, but that piece out there unlo- seems to unlock everything. Yes, but don't expect it to be like this moving forward, at least for the next three weeks. You don't have Hollywood Brown, who was the DeAndre Hopkins-esque Option for this Cardinals offense when when uh, when DeAndre was on the on the field, New Orleans was marginalized from injury. You don't think defensive coordinators the next two or three weeks are going to look at what New Orleans did or didn't do yeah, and try to absolutely take DeAndre Hopkins out of the game? Hey, no, Greg Dortch, they love you so much. You beat us. 
Yeah, I, I fully expect that to happen. But what what I think the difference is is you can really unlock a running game now. Now that 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 the back half of an opposing defense has to be so cognizant of that. But don't you think that's what is preventing the offense from taking it to the next step, from become becoming that guru-led offensive juggernaut, is figuring out how to utilize the other weapons, figuring out how to use Rondell Moore? They still haven't figured that out all these you know these years later. Uh, Zach Ertz listen, getting him you know, more than two targets in a course, game? Of course. Uh, yeah, yes. When you get other people involved that's what really makes it yes. impossible to stop right and and there and again it's not the sign of the healthiest of offenses or systems that is so reliant on a wide out on a wide receiver that you suddenly this guy comes back and suddenly you look like you're something you know formidable they had months and months and months to devise a way to play offense and score points without him and they failed dramatically and and that has to be tabled that has to be acknowledged here and and going forward the level of defenses that DeAndre Hopkins is going to face they're going to get better and better and better and they're going to play better teams but I, but I think D-Hop is going to get better too yeah. I just I just have a lot of respect for just the the big time feel he brings to that offense because you can tell it rubs off on people. Yeah, another residual effect of DeAndre Hopkins coming back was a little shift in how the wide receivers were used. We did see Robbie Anderson. He got targeted one time on a deep ball. Not a factor. Greg Dortch got one target. Rondell Moore got thrown to a couple times, had one catch. But A.J. Green, who was in uniform, did not step on the field. He, along with the two backup quarterbacks that were active, were the only Cardinals that didn't play last night. Kingsbury talked about A.J. Green not getting out there. Yeah, um, you know, acquiring Robbie, wanted to get him out there some and um, get Rondell on the field, and it just worked out that way. Um, that, I, I thought that was kind of an interesting development. Not that A.J. Green has been a, a factor at all, mm-hmm. uh, but they're still pretty thin at that position. And you knew Robbie Anderson was not going to play a huge number of snaps last night. Uh, they didn't have a lot to work with at the wide receiver position outside of Hopkins last night. And they didn't even work with it. Yeah. I, I thought the way Rondell Moore started with that big reception, I'm like, okay, because that's building off a little momentum from last week yeah. with him. I, was he even targeted yeah. otherwise? Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. No. no, I mean, again, this is... This is <laughs> and Dorch got that touchdown. Mm-hmm. But that that was his only catch. Rondell Moore, two targets, one catch. Greg Dortch, one target, one catch. Robbie Anderson, one target, zero catches. Kyler Murray this year, as as I've said a couple of times, you can tell watching these games his his technique and his and his form is kind of is kind of chunked off a little bit. He's thrown a lot of stuff off his back foot. He's he's leaving some stuff short. He's leaving some stuff behind guys, and and that's just a sign of general discomfort. He's got to get that reined in personally, but he also made some really big-time throws last night. And the play to Rondale Moore early was one of them. The pass to Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz wasn't even open on that two-point conversion. Kyler Murray put the ball in the one place it could have been. The, mm-hmm. Even the, the, the fade to Rondell Moore that it, everyone was you know, complaining throw. about was a beautiful throw. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I listen, I, I'm, I'm actually fairly optimistic just at the temperament of the football team last night. That's exactly what I was looking to see from them, that this stops here. Yeah. Kind of attitude. Well, I'm glad you brought up the word temperament. There was some tempers that were (laughs) flying last night. Uh, One that was captured by the cameras on Amazon that's led to a lot of discussion. Cliff and Kyler. 
Are they okay? <laughs> we'll get into that and more next on this Football Friday. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Auction Community Studios on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. I'll do an update first. I'm Sarah Cazell with the latest from the Arizona Sports Desk presented by Parker & Sons Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Electrical. It is a victory Friday, y'all. The Cardinals took down the Saints at State Farm Stadium last night, 42-34 to on Thursday night football. The defense picked off Andy Dalton three times in the first half, including pick sixes on back-to-back drives by Marco Wilson and Isaiah Simmons. It was also DeAndre Hopkins' first game back since December of last year. He had 10 catches for 103 yards. So now the Cardinals are 3 and 4 and they get their first win at home since October 24th of last year. Elsewhere in the NFC West, Christian McCaffrey is now a San Francisco 49er. Per ESPN's Adam Schefter, who reported the trade last night, the Niners are sending four picks to Carolina for the running back. The Cardinals face McCaffrey and the Niners on November 21st in Mexico City. The Coyotes lost to the Canadiens last night, 6-2 in Montreal. The Yotes Canadian road trip will continue in Ottawa tomorrow afternoon. And finally, the Phoenix Suns are in Portland tonight. They've got the Trailblazers in their second game of the season. Tip-off is at 7. You can hear it on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. The latest is brought to you by MLB's Arizona Fall League. Here is today's lineup. The Peoria Javelinas at the Mesa Solar Sox starting at 12.35. The Scottsdale Scorpions at the Salt River Rafters also at 12.35. And the Surprise Saguaros at the Glendale Desert Dogs starting at 6. 635. Tickets are online at MLBFallBall.com. Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Soul. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. And a timeout call by the Cardinals because the play clock was winding down. That's their last timeout. Tyler Murray caught on camera. He is screaming at the sideline, and I don't know who that was directed at. It looks like it's Cliff Kingsbury. In fact, Kyler is still yelling at Cliff. D-Hop and Sean Jefferson have to step in a little bit. I mean, that was just one of those things on the field. Um, we had a difference of opinion. A win is a win is a win, uh, but lots of people, including us, talking about that particular scenario last night before a first and goal play near the uh, near the goal line. Uh, you know, going in for a touchdown, they had to burn another timeout. Cliff Kingsbury lost patience. Kyler Murray, in turn, lost patience with his head coach. Um, you know, they both talked about it after the game, and I think this gets glazed over a lot because they won the football game, Bick. But here was Kyler Murray. He's real animated over there on the sidelines sometimes. So um, it's always, you know, it's never, it's never, you know, calm down. We're good. You know, we're going to make it right. Um, we ended up scoring, so that was good. But uh, yeah, that's all I'm saying. Just chill out. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury's side of the story. Yeah, he, he said I didn't look good on TV um, acting that fiery. So he said, I don't know, this is a Gen Z thing. You're on TV, so calm down. I'm like, I like showing emotion. And so. from the viewpoint of the peacemaker, DeAndre Hopkins. Both of those guys want to win. I love to see that. Uh, I mean, honestly, I love being part of t- t- a team that two people are dedicated and 
that focused on winning and obviously you're gonna butt heads I'm not married but from what I hear that's like a marriage (laughs) as our guy Ralph Amsden points out on Twitter try telling your wife to calm the bleep down and see how that works out for you (laughs) see how that works out for you Uh, grab your pillow and your blanket because there's nothing city for you that's right no you're outside (laughs) yeah right you're not on the couch so it's it's fascinating because the more you watch it the more uh, astounding it really is and it it's it, these these incidents seem to keep getting a little more and more heated the the Kyler Murray very animated telling Cliff to come on come on we look like bleep and then Cliff responds yeah no bleep but that was all caught on camera yeah and then this stuff last night that's that's something i mean really cuz generally if you get something like that once in an NFL season it doesn't happen again, per your point. Yeah, I gave uh, I gave my thoughts on it, and I'll reiterate my thoughts. Look, I understand the frustration. When you have to burn this many timeouts for the same reason over and over and over again, there's going to be uh, you know frustration on both sides. And if Cliff Kingsbury is getting the play into the headset of Kyler Murray with ample time before that shut off... I understand Cliff being upset and animated. What uh, Max yeah. suggested was that he gets the play, and then he keeps... Talking to him when Kyler's trying to maybe that's it. I, I, again, we don't. The only way we'll ever be privy to that because nobody will ever talk about it openly is if we had a headset on and we heard all the communication happening. Well, one of our listeners actually made a good point. Maybe we see it on Hard Knocks. Mm, maybe. That, that, I don't remember who tweeted us that, but credit to you, whoever you are. I mean, we're going into uh, week eight next week, mm-hmm. correct? And isn't it week nine when week we start? Week nine is uh, when Hard Knocks seeing? starts. Potentially. I'm, I'm guessing it's still going to be an issue at that time. <laughs> I, I just think uh, for, for two guys that have a lot of eyeballs on them right now mm-hmm. and a lot of pressure building and a lot of pressure came to a head, I think, in that instance last night, this is a horrible look for, for Cliff Kingsbury. To have a to have a quarterback who, again, in the grand scheme of things, and Kyler is developing, but he got paid. He's he's not really accomplished much else as an NFL quarterback outside of fleeting moments. But there, you know, there hasn't been that consistency of being one of the top quarterbacks in the game. So no, to, I don't to know have, about that. To have a guy uh, for twelve weeks last year, he was in the he was in the MVP discussion. So how, I mean, how long is the season? No, you. How do you? How long do you define sustained periods of time? You're, you're talking. Right, there've been was, more than moments. I mean, right. There were a couple of months okay. where he was at a real high level. Moments this year, then. Oh, okay. Is, is that right. fair? That's definitely fair. That's I, definitely. I'm glad fair. you made me clarify that. Um, but um, Cliff Kingsbury's got just as many critics, just as many people, and then we heard from a lot of them this week. He's in over his head. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's he's stunting the growth of Kyler Murray. I think ultimately it's still, even though they won that football game, it comes off being another knock for the critics to use against Cliff Kingsbury. They both had a, yeah, to be fair, they both had a lot of growing pains. They both play a role in the up and down nature of this offense. They both obviously can be a lot better at what they do. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt the ceiling for Kyler Murray is a heck of a lot higher in my opinion, but I do agree with you on that. So this is the second time now the quarterback has really shown fiery anger at his head coach, and as you pointed out, it, most NFL head coaches, the first time it happens, is going to call on the quarterback, and it doesn't even have to be contentious. And you can say, listen. I understand you're frustrated. I understand you're frustrated. I understand that you and I butt heads sometimes, but no more of that. Yeah. No more of that on the field. 
because you mentioned the last time that happened, Cliff Kingsbury in his post-game press conference, as he does, he glazes over things with humor. And he says, oh, what were you guys talking about? Oh, we were coming up with the, 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 the post-game dinner plan. Right. Yeah. There wasn't as much humor infused last night. No. They, it, no. He ended one of his quotes by saying, I like to be animated. Yeah. I like to show emotion. Right. And, and But for the longest time, he didn't. There yeah. was a time when, we, when, when people, the narrative was like, come on, Cliff, show some emotion. Lighten up a little. And so it, it sounded like there was a little bit of agitation still in Cliff Kingsbury's voice. But his, yeah. but his coaching style is not, I'm your father. It's, I'm your cool older brother. Yeah, I know. That's it. But well, <laughs> and again, when you start talking. you cool older brother when, that way? Uh, when you start talking about structural fra- flaws of this program, this is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of stuff. When, when I talk about. How is this team built to handle adversity without the strong voice at the top? This is what I'm talking about. You mentioned this earlier. Thank God they won. Yeah, because if they didn't win, oh, and this was, oh, and this is already the major. This is what the, you know the national media is talking about. Even though the Cardinals, you know, kind of semi impressively won the last night, that's what they're talking about. If they had lost, and this was the story, we you oh. know it'd be drama and chaos. Ooh, yeah. They would have replaced the Dallas Cowboys as the lead story on all those well, shows. Yeah, well, because it's conflict and drama, and who doesn't like that? Um, it, so, so I think that I, I think that this is certainly something that bears monitoring. It's it's why it's why I'm really vibing on the idea that this would be a real good time now for somebody to step in and tweak this a little bit, move this chessboard a little bit, because there's because if these cracks are still there and these tensions are there. Uh, it might get worse. They're they're about to play some real high leverage games. Very well, could you you might be onto something. Coming up next, ASU back on the football field this weekend after their bye. Sun Devils taking on Stanford. We'll have our weekly visit with the head coach of the Sun Devils, Sean Aguano. Next, it's Pickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is the Santan Ford Sun Devil Blitz, presented in part by Kilo River Resorts and Casinos, Arizona State's official sports headquarters, and Santan Ford. We are Santan Ford. Yeah, Sun Devils back at it after their bye week, headed to Stanford to take on the Cardinal tomorrow in a uh, Pac-12 game. Here to talk about it with us, and ASU football, their head coach, Sean Aguano, joins us for his weekly visit here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Coach, good morning. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. Uh, you got to tell us just how how much different, how much better the last couple of weeks have felt after finally, uh, you know, getting getting off the Schneid, getting that first win. It was a, a emotional scene after that win over Washington. So, so how different has the last couple of weeks felt for you? It's been incredible. You know, the the gleam in the uh, eyes of the kids, and you know their focus. And the affirmation of that win um, solidifies all the things that we've been trying to do in the last three weeks. And so, um, you know, they're focused going into this game. Wow. And, and, and how about getting a win, going into a break? That's it. We were just talking about this in the context of the Arizona Cardinals last night. That's, that's the way to script it up if you want to keep a team kind of on the hook and paying attention. Absolutely. You know, it, uh, we, we count it as two two wins just because uh, it gives us a, a chance to recover a little bit uh, mentally and physically, but uh, it also gave us a, a chance to get ahead um, for the week um, of Stanford. Uh, going back to the, the scene after the, the Washington win, Coach, and we're talking to Sean Aguano, Arizona State head coach here on uh, Arizona Sports. A couple of your players came out and, and said some really glowing, supportive things about playing for you, what the experience has been like. Uh, for a guy who's you know in a situation, still 
still new to the job as an interim. What does that mean to you to hear your players connect with you like that and have your back like that? It, it means a lot. You know, um, uh, it's a hard transition for the kids, especially, you know, as adults, you know, we're able to move on. But for the kids, it's really hard. And so just just making sure that they're taking care of um, and they're listening and uh, bringing a bright spot for them has been uh, tremendous for us and my staff, for me and my staff. But uh, um, them speaking those words uh, about family and things like that, uh, um, you know, they're going to be playing hard the rest of this, this season, this next half. All right, it didn't take you long, Coach, to kind of inherit your first quote-unquote quarterback controversy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and I'm kind of being facetious here, but but talk about what you got going on with, with Emery, uh, uh, Emery Jones in Trenton Bourget, obviously. Sure, you know, um, from a selfish standpoint, um, you know, you uh, are, are have relief knowing that you have somebody in the bullpen ready to go. Um, when I when when people talk about controversy, you know, Emory got knocked out of the game. He was seven for nine uh, prior to that, playing pretty good football. Not pretty good, really good football. Um, and so, and he's back and healthy. Trenton came in. Um, as we expected, ready to play and prepared. Um, and so we're going into the same uh, situation this week. Uh, Emery will be uh, starting, but uh, training's ready to go and, and prepared, and they understand their roles. I, I really like your explanation on this because I've always thought it was always kind of cowardly for coaches who get that kind of situation and then go, oh, you know what, let's split the reps. Let's let's have one guy do a quarter, then the next guy do a quarter. I think that, that really kind of affects the leadership of a team and gets teams to question. Your thoughts on on committing to a guy and not going the other route? You know, whenever whenever um, you split reps or series or whatever you call it, you know, it doesn't give you continuity. Um, it doesn't give you confidence um, from a coaching staff. And I have all, I have the utmost confidence in Emory and um, Trenton. And so um, they understand that the best player is going to play. Um, and if we're not getting the job done, and then there'll uh, be a change. But it has to be in the best interest for our team and our kids. And, uh, you know, they're very confident in the two of them. Um, and so there's no controversy with our team. Um, they have all the confidence in myself in making those, that decision and the right decision for, for the betterment of the program. Sean Aguano, Arizona State head coach, our guest here on Arizona Sports. Moving on to Stanford, and, and I guess the makeup of your team before we get into Stanford. Uh, you know, Break's always good for getting players healthy, and you were getting pretty banged up at a few positions there, Coach. How uh, how much has the health improved uh, moving for, uh, you know, coming off that bye and a little rest and recuperation time for some of those uh, players that were injured? I think it was, it was very helpful for us. We, we got a, a couple of our defensive linemen back, three of them back, and they're healthy. Um, just from a mental standpoint, um, and we talked about physically, but all the bumps and bruises, now they're, they're re-energized. But from a mental standpoint, it was a hard three weeks going through that uh, that change and, and uh, you know, the philosophy. But uh, I think they've they've – kind of re-energized their minds. I, I let them go home for a couple of days. And so we've had a great week of practice going into Stanford. Yeah, I'm curious, as as a head coach, when you come in and you tweak things and maybe you raise the level of accountability, you're a new voice, and now you got guys listening, now you got the affirmation of some success. How do, What's the next step for you as, as the as this, the supervisor of this program as well? How do you get them to settle into a groove now? 
you know, you you have to be relentless. And, and now you you've got um, you've got their attention. Um, and now I make sure that uh, from our coaching staff has to up their game. Um, now it's time to make enhancements. Now it's time to ask and demand more um, because you've had that affirmation and they see the program going in the right direction. And so now it's time for me to uh, put pressure on them and give them more. Um, you never want to be mediocre. You always want to make sure that uh, you're striving for excellence. And that's what we've been. And I've asked a lot to my coaches this past week, too. Sean Aguano, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Uh, Stanford struggling in conference. They're 0-4 in their first uh, four conference games. Uh, but they went to Notre Dame last week. They got a win over the Irish. And, and what David Shaw does as the head coach of Stanford, you know what you're going to get, but it, it's not always easy to prepare for because they're physical. They run. It's not like your typical college uh, attack offensively. What kind of challenges do you see Stanford presenting for you this week? You know, they, they pride themselves uh, on being disciplined and playing fundamental football. And so you can't make the mistakes going into those games. So our uh, theme this week is making sure that we do our job, match their uh, intensity, match their discipline, and then let our athletic ability take over. Um, but uh, we are going into this game making sure that we take care of our and uh, jobs be deliberate in what we do from a detail standpoint, and uh, we see how this thing plays out. Uh, recruiting wise, when, when you were um, you know given the position of the interim head coach, you went out of your way to talk about the importance of recruiting Arizona. And I know when you guys are home on Saturdays, you're out at the high schools, different games uh, every week, uh, making your presence felt. Uh, is it too early to tell, or, or, or have you felt? momentum in in that area in terms of the importance of of local recruiting since you've been on the job i I think there there is momentum uh you know winning helps as well um and so we're we're riding that momentum um we're going to play uh two away games and then we'll have a a big game i mean every big uh, every game is big but we'll have a a pretty big game against ucla so we're going to ride that momentum uh, and see how that plays out but i know there's been excitement with the um recruits here in Arizona um, and I'm uh, like we said before and I always use this word we're going to be relentless on going after the best uh, players in Arizona my week also came at a good time for you uh, we hear that you got a chance to go back east you watch your daughter at Virginia Commonwealth play volleyball during the bye week here she's pretty darn good too huh Sean <laughs> <laughs> she is good. She must take must take the uh, the mom side on that one. <laughs> but uh, right. but uh, she you knows. I had a great time just watching her compete, and, and she did a heck of a job. But uh, that was the first time that I've got to see her collegiately play, just because our seasons run to each into each other. So um, uh, I was more nervous at that game than I am at a football game. I was pacing <laughs> all over the, the stadium, but uh, my wife would say, "What are you doing?" But uh, I had a blast for those two days. I got to watch two uh, days of of her playing against Dayton University. And so um, I just just, uh, am amazed. Uh, how she competes and, and uh, what she has done. So you got to you got to talk to that VCU volleyball coach and say you got to schedule some games out in right, Tempe exactly. uh, in the next couple yeah, years. So you don't have to going. travel to see your right. daughter play, coach. I know, and and that was a, that was a, you know I think I slept probably six hours and forty eight uh, six hours within that forty eight period <laughs> because of the the travel and the delays and all of that. So I got back here fifteen minutes prior to our our team meeting. Uh, and so it was a rush, but it was all worth it. Yeah, I'm glad you got a chance to do that. Yeah. Uh, thanks, as always, for the time, Coach. We appreciate it. Best Good of luck, luck in Stanford, and we'll talk coach. to you next Friday. 
I appreciate it, guys. Have a good day. Thanks, you too. Sean Aguano, head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils. He joins us every Friday. Big game. Uh, Stanford is struggling, yeah. but you know, you're well, always bolstered when you beat Notre Dame, okay. especially in South Bend. And, and if he's really going to make a push for this job, and, and the groundswell of grassroots support is, is very, very impressive. Mm-hmm. It's a big game to win. Now, again, let, we don't want to make it about a guy. This is about the program, yes. the long-term good of it, but this is, this is quite an interesting thing to be beholding. Mm-hmm. NASCAR Championship Weekend returns to Phoenix Raceway November 4th through the 6th. The weekend will have something for everyone from the diehard NASCAR fans looking to get close to the action to the fans looking for fun, exciting family atmosphere. Head to the contest page now at ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win sold-out grandstand tickets. Coming up next, we hit the 9 o'clock hour big time with social studies. Sarah Cazell will take us through it next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.